life is one big head game. And once you learn to play the motherfucking head game, it's no longer a game anymore at all. You start living your life. Ready to go. Nice. All right, guys. Welcome to another episode of One Big Head Game, the podcast where we try to help you. You know, we try to give you practical information as to how to overcome challenges using the power of your mind. Okay. So uh, that's that's the subject matter of what we're going to be talking about today. We have a special guest, JP Boudreaux from Lafayette, Louisiana. He lives currently in Lafayette, Louisiana. He's born and raised in Youngsville, Louisiana, which if you know anything about Lafayette, that's just south of Lafayette and it's the cream of the crop basically of <laughs> Lafayette, right JP? Moves to that's Youngsville right. to be in Lafayette. Basically. Yeah, Youngsville's like where the cool people live. You know? <laughs> so when I was growing up, Youngsville was still country. Living. Yeah, what was that? It was just fields out there? Or Sugar what? cane fields and hardwoods. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, I was building clubhouses in the woods, riding my four-wheeler throughout the <laughs> yeah. town. That sounds cool, too. You know, now it's a full-blown city. Yeah. I was all the way down Barrett, and it was like, it was our neighborhood, and everything else surrounding it was cane fields, and now yeah. it's all neighborhoods. Yeah, so I grew up in Copperfield subdivision. Oh, okay. Well, I think my were... dad built one of the first houses in the early 80s there. Yeah, yeah. So, JP... I used to live about two streets down from you, basically, at Long yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, so Copperfield's right on off of Verot down there? I believe so. Is it? Off I Youngsville th- Highway. Okay, oh, yeah, no, yeah. that's closer so, to where I live right now. It's right before uh, right before you get to New News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's what that's I was true. thinking. True. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's I'm off of Verot. Never mind. Yeah. I was thinking of another one. It's still close, <laughs> though, man. Yep, yep. That's true. Yeah, but J.P. Boudreaux uh, in the house today. We really appreciate you coming by, J.P. I appreciate y'all having me, man. Yeah, yeah. man. I'm battling a little cold, so please excuse my raspy voice. No, yeah. you sound great. He's all got right. the, I think J.P. has the good mic, so it's all good. You don't, you don't have to push it as much as me and Garrett, you know. <laughs> but J.P.'s got a very interesting story that we're going to get real deep into. Um, uh, I don't know the whole story, so I'm really excited to, to hear exactly, you know, what your life has been like now, what some of the things you've ever overcame. You know, I know a little bit about JP, and we just kind of went over uh, uh, some of the steps in the last probably, you know, eight to ten years maybe uh, of his life. Uh, he started out in the oil field, That's basically. Right. That's what kind of where he started his career. He transitioned at some point to uh, automotive sales. Um, and he was apparently very, very good at automotive sales. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and now he finds himself in the construction industry with VE Roofing. It's a local company here in Lafayette. Um, and he seems to be doing very well. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Um, and uh, seems like I'm interviewing a lot of roofers these days, you know. <laughs> they, I guess they're just all my friends. So, yeah, you know. that's what you're in. That's who you're around. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's right. So, JP, uh, let's let's uh, just kind of start, you know. Yeah. At the beginning, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, to tell everybody who's listening, you know, what JP's about, you know, where you came from and uh, and some some stuff about yourself. Just uh, all right, guys, take uh, it away, man. T- tell us a little bit. I'm going to get a little vulnerable here. Yeah, you're going to have to, man. Yeah, take this us is what... from high school to okay. VE, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I graduated from Como High 2005, did fairly well academically, you know, got full-ride scholarship actually passed on a full ride scholarship to Stanford. Really? Followed a girl to LSUE. You know, that's okay though. (laughs) Yeah. I was learning some major life lessons. 
yeah. you know, then realized school wasn't really for me. Yeah. So I transitioned after a few years of college. I got hired on with Halliburton. Okay. Went to mud engineer school, got yeah. my mud engineer certificate, continued to do that for about 10 years. Yeah. What's mud engineering? Drilling fluid engineer. Yeah, that's right. So I was uh, focusing on the chemical compounds of the drilling fluid down the well bore, mm-hmm. keeping that that hydrostatic pressure down, mm-hmm. keeping the well from preventing a blowout. Mm-hmm. If y'all remember that BP Horizon oil spill, that yep. was due to miscalculations of the mud weight. Uh, really? So it's a very integral part of the drilling process. People's okay. lives are in your hands. Yeah, for sure. So transitioned from offshore to more on land. Okay. You know, and you're gone so much, I just realized there was a lot more to life than being gone all the time. What you was know? that schedule like, you know? Man, I've worked 97 days straight without a day wow. off before. Wow. 24-hour call, you know. Typically, I'd work three weeks, get a week off. But on that week off, you might get a call to go mm-hmm. back out. Yeah, yeah. And that's when you were going offshore. They, like you, uh, that 90-something, that, that 97 days? That was offshore. That, that was, was offshore. all so, offshore. So you were either offshore or you were on 24-hour call on land waiting to go out at any time. Well, I would work land rigs as well. Okay, so you are working then too. Yeah, correct. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> that's serious work. But then over that time, you know, I kind of developed a drug habit like a lot of people do that are in the oil field. You know, mm-hmm. the money's good. What is that? Tell us a little bit about that, because I don't know much about that, to be honest with you. You know, you're working sometimes 20-hour days. Yeah. You know, started with the Adderall, the prescription pills, the lower tabs. Yeah. Just to kind of get by and, you know, kind of numb the pain of being gone. Yeah, for sure. Slowly over time, that habit turned into a full-blown addiction. Okay. Yeah. Just like a lot of guys that are in the oil field, you know? Yeah. yeah. A lot of guys outside of the oil field, too. Uh-huh. Right, right. Everybody's got <laughs> so struggles. any kind of stressful work environment, you know, you tend to find help with substances, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, fast forward to 2010, I was, uh, I was working on a land rig in Texas. Mm-hmm. I got a call about midnight. Uh, my little sister and my girlfriend at the time got into a car accident. It was, you know, pretty bad. Your sister and your girlfriend? Correct. Okay. So uh, my little sister didn't make it. She died. Oh, She was 17 years old. I didn't know that. Sorry to hear that. My girlfriend was in, uh, she was in ICU, you know, didn't know if she was going to make it either. So drove home, had to deal with that. Then obviously that drug habit turned into a full-blown addiction after that point. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to face my feelings, so I was using yeah. substances to numb it. Yeah. yeah. Fast forward a few, mer- a few years after that, 2013, I, I lost my job, you know, because I was a dopehead, couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Got into some trouble, you know, uh, a prescription forgery. Yeah. So I was going to the doctor and getting pain pills. He cut me off. I was fully blown addicted. I didn't yeah. want to get sick. Yeah. Figured out how to write my own prescriptions. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'll figure it out, won't yeah, you? Yeah, man, you'll figure it out. You'll get that fixed. Wow, yep. man. However it takes. Yeah. All right, so got in trouble. I ended up doing some time in jail. Yeah. Best thing that ever happened to me, y'all. Yeah. I was able to deal with those thoughts and learn how uh, to face my feelings without just numbing it with substances. Yeah. About nine months in there, changed my life, you know. I made a deal with myself. I would never go back to that life never use drugs or drink again 
been sober seven years now. Awesome. Congratulations, Congrats. man. Then as an addict, you know, you'll always be an addict. Yeah. I just learned to transition into things that serve me. Yeah. I took my addiction and harnessed it into a superpower. Yeah. I'm addicted to success and helping others. Yeah. That drive is still in me, but I'm using it to help myself and help others. Yeah. I'm addicted to exercising, to helping others, to working. Yeah. More healthy outlets. Healthy clearly. outlets, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I appreciate you you know getting vulnerable like that this is the I first time that i've ever really told this story yeah, to, so to someone kind of excuse me if i'm no I'm no not doing man. A good this job. is uh this is very good stuff and I, I we haven't had anybody that talks this deeply yet i guess you know maybe we've been interviewing some soft people you know that haven't really been <laughs> haven't really been been through it quite like that yeah and i have experience with that too uh you know maybe not to that degree but you know i've i've reached to you know, when I've been in pain, I've, I've done those things um, and I've experienced it with friends yeah. and, and people like that. So I have a little bit of experience, but I'd like to, you know, that that's a lot right there. We can talk. Right. We can we can go deep and talk about that for a couple of hours. Sure. So, um, yeah. So, JP, when you were in, uh, you know, when you got in, in jail, basically, mm -hmm. you were in there for nine months, you said. Give tell or us, take, yeah. tell okay. us about tell us. So about, how did that at what point did you get in there and you were like, okay, I got to change now? Or was it a couple months after It took after a few that? months, yeah, yeah, you know? okay. So for the first Good. few months, I was still, you know, detoxing from the drugs. I was on opiates in speed. Yeah. So uh -huh. that wreaks havoc on your body. You know, yeah. I was so used to having it. I was uh, physically and mentally hooked on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was detoxing, going through that. Scared, obviously, you know, it was my first time doing some jail time. Right. Didn't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. Yeah, what was that? And unfortunately, you know, my family turned their back on me. Yeah. But blessing in disguise as well, you know. Yeah. A, a boy becomes a man whenever he realizes nobody's coming to save you. Mm, yeah. It's up to you. Yeah, that's right, man. Then once I had that realization, every day I just progressively got more positive and stronger. Yeah. I would journal a lot, write down my thoughts, okay. uh, face my feelings learn how to deal with them and overcome them without numbing it. Yeah. That takes a lot of work, you oh, know, because yeah. <laughs> I was never, I was never, uh, alone with my thoughts long enough mm -hmm. to learn how to pivot and overcome those things. I would just numb it away with substances. Yes, that's right. Then every day got a little easier. Yeah. I was reading a lot. I was exploring my spirituality, you know, meditating, praying. Mm -hmm. What kind of books were you reading? I was reading a lot of self-help books, okay. but I was kind of limited to what was inside the jail. Yeah. 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 So it was a lot of fiction, uh -huh. you know, novels. Uh -huh. Yeah. But I was able to get some people on the outside to send me some books, you know, and I was, you know, real big into self-help books. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Once you That's get, good. once you kind of, would you say, uh, um, you were gathering clarity yeah. uh, at that point. You yeah. Know? And uh, you built upon that, and you, there's probably many stages that we can go through as, as to going from when you first, you know, went to jail and uh, started detoxing, and then you started to get clarity. Now, do you think that it was just the absence of any substances that really, you know, you naturally got that? Or do you think something inside you kind of clicked, like explain, you know, what happened mentally to you right there? Because there, you thought a lot about it. And, and that's what I want to know. That's what I think we're trying to get to on this podcast. So Yeah, so it's a little bit of all three. So, you know, I was always really a, 
very spiritual person. Yeah. You know, close to a higher power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then as I got off the substances, it was kind of natural to yeah. just uh, deal with these emotions. But what helped me a lot was journaling, mm-hmm. writing okay. down what was going through my mind. Yeah. And at the same time, I would write down things I was grateful for. I was still in a bad position, but I still found a gratitude while I was in there. Yeah. yeah. So every morning, even in jail, and I still do this today, I wake up and I write three to five things down that I'm grateful for. Yeah. And any time that I'm feeling down or low or just in a bad spot, I break my journal out and I write down two or three, four things that I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And it just transitions my whole uh, thought process. Yeah. yeah. I think journaling and talking to people is a very effective tool to actually determine what you're feeling. Absolutely. I've said this a couple of times, but you know, myself, I feel like I don't know what I'm feeling until I can line it out and journaling or talking to people. That's the way that you can do that. So that is a very effective way yeah. I would say, to process your, your emotions. Then you could always go back uh-huh. and yeah. read on it and yeah. see how yeah. you were feeling a couple months ago mm-hmm. and what it took to pivot into a more positive mind frame. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'd keep track of that too. On this day, I was feeling really down. How did I pick myself up? What was my, what was my mind frame during this time? Yeah. What did you write down today? What did I write down today? I'm, I'm grateful for my girlfriend, Leah. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she's one of the biggest blessings of my life. Yeah. I'm grateful for my job. Yeah. I'm grateful for friends like you guys. Yeah. I'm grateful, I'm grateful for, for everybody that's in my life and I'm grateful for my health. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just grateful to be here on this earth still and have the ability to help others and really make a difference in the world. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Super grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, that's something that everybody should be doing around this time. It's Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, and this podcast is going to be released around Thanksgiving. So, you know, mm-hmm. write down what you're grateful for. What, Every what, day. What are you thankful for today? Yeah. It's so easy to overlook sometimes, man. I I, uh, I grew up with a in a really great household, you know. My parents love me, man. I have a great sister. She's very smart, you know. Um, and, uh, and I had pretty much everything that I needed. We weren't like some crazy family, but you know, I, I, I didn't need anything, you know? And, uh, and I think in my adolescence, you know, myself, I, I kind of took advantage of that for sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't see how, how good that was. And, uh, and I've had some bumps because of that, you know, it's because I wasn't grateful for that for a long time. And I feel like I'm still, you know, uh, battling the feeling of entitlement, but that I developed (laughs) as a child, you know, why is that so funny, man? Man, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, it's, it it is, and, 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 you know, (laughs) it's so so damn funny, man. Uh, and I just, uh, you know, I look at my life sometimes and uh, because I want to be successful in business and I've set goals for myself and all this stuff, you know, and uh, and I'm like, man, I kind of wish that I had a harder life. It's such a yeah. stupid. <laughs> it's such a it's so stupid. No, it's not stupid. Well, it's it's because, you know, I, I, I look at what can happen when people are brought down to their knees, you know, and I've been brought down to my knees, too. Certainly, I've had my own troubles and everything, but uh but in fleeting moments, I have have felt that I'm yeah. like, you know, maybe I would have developed different uh, skills, different character pieces uh, in my life if I would have experienced something uh, like that. But at the same time, then I'm like, well, wait a second. I'm an extremely blessed person. Like, mm-hmm. OK, maybe I don't uh, maybe I'm not gathering my skills from some dark, uh, dangerous place. 
Um, so, you know, I'm blessed That's either way, right? Like if you, if you go through it and you, you've experienced a lot of hardship and going through that, I've never been through anything like that. Um, you're grateful for all everything you developed after that. You know, I'm grateful for, you know, uh, the many things. We're all grateful for different things. You yeah, know? but not only am I grateful for what I've developed, I'm grateful for those trials and tribulations that forged me into the man that I am today. That's mm-hmm. right. But I relate to you because I was, you know, growing up, third generation oil field mm-hmm. we weren't rich but we weren't poor by any means yeah, yeah. so i never had to want for much either and right. i feel 100 percent what you're saying i yeah. wish that i was developed more into learning those skills at an earlier age because i took a lot of stuff for granted too yeah Th- thought the world owed me something exactly mm-hmm. i had that great job with halliburton took it for granted you know yeah, thought yeah. that that was normal to make yeah. six figures as a 22 year old kid didn't right. appreciate it yeah 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 didn't appreciate it at all yeah but at the same time grateful for what happened that put put yeah. life back into perspective yeah yeah yeah, it's uh, the same thing. It's like uh, this podcast is uh, based off of something Goggins said, uh, David Goggins. And uh, and Goggins, if I had to, like, uh, sum up his whole thing, you know, it's that uh, pain brings the beautiful things in life. And pain brings you the character that you need to achieve and, and do whatever you have to do yeah. and to insulate yourself from uh, um, uh, unexpected things and tragedies that happen in your life so you can survive, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and his, his childhood, um, uh, he had to develop that because of his childhood, you know. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. It's interesting because I think about it, it's like it's, it's like you're going through, you're voluntarily going through the pain in his world with fitness and things like this and just breaking your body down to develop and, uh, uh, and to become averse to pain in the future. You, yeah, you got to embrace the suck. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the suck, David Goggins quote. but the suck comes either way. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? So it, so it's either it's either now or later. It either sucks on the front end or the back end. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't put in that work, your life's gonna suck for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you put in the work, it's temporarily suckage. Yeah, it's you it. can either control the, the suck yeah. or yeah. you can control just let burn. It come to you. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like you beat you beat yourself up, <laughs> yeah. uh, or you let life beat you up. Because life is You're hard. You're still gonna get beat up. It's hard either way. That's it's right. hard to be successful, but it's even harder to not be successful especially in this world yeah yeah that's that's exactly yeah. right man <laughs> so takes work but uh, yeah so um uh we're kind of to the point with you where you're you're in jail and you're starting to develop some of those healthy habits yeah um what was it how long were you in again about nine months nine months okay nine months, man. so let's say maybe the first three months you started developing those uh yeah started, i would say started, around started that, getting clearer then i would say around that fourth month i was a uh, you know, getting up at roll call, which was about 5 a.m., doing workouts, push-ups, sit-ups, squats, yeah. you know, just being yeah. as active as I could and journaling a lot, you know, and trying to help those other guys with their mind yeah, frame. That's, that's what I wanted to ask you about. What, is, what was the interaction like with the other guys that you were with in jail? Yeah. Man, it was tough because a lot of these guys, you know, they come from nothing. Mm-hmm. So they don't yeah. really have much of a perspective on anything but poverty. Yeah. yeah. So I felt kind of obligated as I was increasing – my state of being to help other guys out and show them share with them what was helping me yeah try to get as involved with them as i could you know doing group workouts Mm -hmm. having group conversations about things such as being grateful and spirituality you know doing bible studies yeah yeah so more or less you became a a leader and a person to go to absolutely so i kind of developed 
my leadership skills in jail, believe <laughs> yeah. it or not. I'm yeah. grateful for that time because it showed me that I have a leader personality and people are drawn to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And through hard work and dedication, then others want to follow you. Yeah. Um, did you know when you were going to get out? I didn't, man. Okay. It's kind of a funny thing. That's, so, what, uh, that's a mental thing right there, you know. The, the attorney that I had hired, he was a paid attorney. He was under federal indictment for falsifying community service. Yeah. So for uh, himself, like he got busted yes, with something, and he and didn't he, share that with me. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a quarter million dollar bond. Couldn't get a bond reduction because the DA wouldn't open any of my attorney's emails. Yeah. So I should have got out a lot sooner, you know. Wow. Yeah. It was, you know, obviously nonviolent. First time ever getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting to be in there for close to a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would have been better off with a public defender, but at the same time. I needed that time to and develop into the man that yeah, I am today. Yeah, you know, everything yeah. happens for a reason. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I try not to dwell on that. Those nine months were the best nine months of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Wait, let's stop and uh, revisit that statement there. Okay. <laughs> he just said that the nine months that he spent in jail uh, was the best nine months of his life. Okay. The only way you get to that statement is through very rigorous personal growth absolutely you can't you can't even have you may be able to say that off the cuff maybe i i don't know what's in your heart you know but i i have a very good feeling that everything that you say coming out you don't have any reason not to be 100 percent authentic you absolutely. Know? so you know i just want to point that out you know this podcast is about understanding your mind getting over things and uh, and taking the perspective that you need to to move on, that right there is, uh, it's probably going to be the most important thing you said today. You know, if I had to guess. Then the human body and mind is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. So through neuroplasticity, we are able to heal <laughs> our brain. Yeah. You know, I was bad off on drugs for so long, yeah. but being sober in jail, I felt like I was getting better every day. My mind was stronger. Yeah. I was firing on all cylinders. Mm -hmm. yep. I was able to explore myself, to look within, and really realize what I'm capable of and what kind of man I am and what kind of man I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just a blank page, and I was able to rewrite my story, and I'm still writing it. This mm -hmm. is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, JP, how long ago was that? That was 2013? 2013 to 2014. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So after you got out, what was that like when you did yeah. get out? got out to nothing you know had my car repoed mm. didn't have anything in my checking account closed down mm -hmm. uh it was tough man you know i was grateful that my my dad let me live with him you know yeah. grateful for that but uh was that tough yeah it's tough Did he, he was, what was his perspective on you all right so yep. let me get vulnerable let's, let's again. <laughs> yeah no i'm not gonna let you off man i so, want to know uh, it all if both my parents are alcoholics grandfather's an alcoholic i'm pretty sure my great-grandfather was an alcoholic okay so i was raised in an environment where it was normal to numb yourself with that's you know substances mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. things got tough you know you drink some crown yeah uh something bad happens you drink so going back into that environment as being sober was kind of tough oh, but yeah. i was strong enough to not let any of uh to let any of that kind of sway me off of my path. Yeah. How did you do that? 
you know just stayed the course pure man. will pure willpower stayed the course you know alcohol and drugs were still thrown in my face mm-hmm. i never you slipped. had access you clearly had access i never to slipped it. once yeah that's awesome that's excellent yeah. and you, that's were you able to continue like when you got out what, did were you able to get a job right out or what did that look like yeah as far as your career? that was tough man because you know and coming out of jail obviously these major oil field companies didn't want to hire me mm-hmm. yeah so that's when I found sales. Sales saved my life. Yeah. Uh, 2015 or 16, um, the guy that I work for now, Mr. Nick Seymour, graciously yeah. hired me at Camping World to be a, you know, camping RV salesman. Yeah. That's when I, w- I realized sales was for me. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. If you have a heart to help people, the, the money will come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I quickly your... rose, you know, I, I rose to the top at Camping World. Mm-hmm. I yeah. spent about a year and a half there. Yeah. Then I was able to transition in, into automobile sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Automobile so sales, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> when you were at uh, working at the, the camp place, yeah. camper place, were you able to move out then? Or did it take some time for you to actually leave I that uh, environment? I stayed at my dad's for close to a year, okay. you know. Yeah. I started just saving money up, yeah, just yeah. getting back on track. Yeah. You know, very grateful for that. Very grateful he was there for me and let me do that. Yeah. Um, did, you go, did you do any meetings or anything like that? No. So I, I was able to do this all by myself. Yeah. That's uh, And it's different for everybody. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not knocking meetings. I'm not saying AA doesn't work because yeah. it obviously does. But yeah. I was always able to talk to people about my problems. I yeah. had friends that were battling the same things. Yeah, so you had the you had some support I had there. a support system, yes. definitely. I had a lot of great friends in my corner and a lot of understanding people that didn't pass judgment on me. And I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. So, um, so yeah, you, you got into the automobile sales and uh and what i was wondering at at this point in your life you know i know i have enough experience with addiction and things like that as to how all-encompassing it is with your life at that time especially when you're early in your sobriety right like you you kind of have to focus on that is the most important thing no matter what like and and the people that succeed with it they keep it that way right um but like you know when did you start developing some uh goals and setting standards yeah. for yourself so what helped me the most was um being active in the gym so exercise mm. has yeah, saved okay. my life you know there every you morning since that period of time yeah i'm exercising at four or five in the morning yeah every morning i'm starting my day off with a win then while i'm at the gym i'm working on my mind frame as well that's whenever i start the gratitude yeah yep 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 i kind of just follow a schedule I wake up, go to the gym, I journal. Yeah. I write out my short term and long term goals. That's very important. You write those out every day? Yeah. So it's the same visual. thing over and over again, isn't it? You're just well, it solidifying it, it's it, changing yeah. a little bit. So I, <laughs> I, mean, I, I have short term goals with her, you know, two to three months, and then I have long term goals two to three years. Yeah. And then I constantly work towards those goals. I come up with a plan how I'm going to attain that. Yeah. And that's a daily thing. Yeah. So that when you're in the gym, you're thinking about all that stuff. Yeah. But not necessarily putting it on paper, or are you? Sometimes I'll put it on my phone, you okay. know, but that's whenever I find my mind is the most clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I'm exercising or as I'm walking in nature, Yeah. that's when some of the best thoughts and ideas I've ever came up when, with do occur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Excellent. But well, I find keeping a tight schedule 
and not having too much idle time. You know, idle yeah. time is the devil's playground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very interesting. And, point. And I forgot to touch on between uh, sales at Camping World, about six months, I got back in the oil field. Okay. As a mud engineer, I okay. was working in Carlsbad, New Mexico. You know, the Permian Basin. But I just quickly realized that wasn't for me. Yeah, once you once you experienced the sales and yeah. experienced what that what that gave you. I didn't like being looked at under a microscope. I didn't like working for other people. I didn't like people telling me what to do. I didn't yeah. like having a base pay. Yeah. I, I really like the idea that that your hustle dictates the income. Yeah. You get in what you put out in sales, and that's that's what I was really drawn to. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm a very hard worker. I'm going to outwork everybody in the room. Yeah. That's just how I am. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent, man. So so you had some success at Camping World. Then you went uh, back to the oil field, kind of realized that's Yeah, you know, it just not, wasn't not for, for me. You. Then you came back, and then that's that's when you got into automobile sales? For Correct. Okay. Yeah. What's that, what's that business like? Is it, I don't know, uh, for anybody listening, you know, what's the difference between selling RVs and selling automobiles, you know? So RVs? You know, that's a major purchase. You know, your average ticket's Bigger, 50, huh? 60, sometimes up to six figures. Yeah. So people well, don't. Well, trucks these days. Millions, yeah. some of them. Yeah, these trucks these days are uh, $100,000, man. It's But one of the major, the major difference is uh, the time period of closing the sale. Typically, when people are in the market for RVs and campers, it's almost like selling them a home. Yeah. They're gathering information. They're not buying on impulse, yeah. not buying yeah. on strictly emotion. Yes. As to cars is more of an emotional sale. Okay. Somebody's coming into the dealership for the first time, I'm more than likely going to sell you a car. Yeah. So th that's the major difference. Uh, and it it's more of a discretionary thing, too, kind of, I feel like, you know, cars you have to have, right? right. RVs, you don't really have yeah. to have. Yep, you can true. rent an RV. And then most people can't, they're not in a position to buy an RV, too. So it's a much smaller, I guess, niche market. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. And then you got to have a 750-plus credit score to finance a camper because it's not a necessity. You know, yeah. cars, oh, people have the right to a car. Yeah. So regardless of your credit score, there's still there's a ways. path for you to get a car. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So I've would you say that the car sales was easier than the RV sales? Car sales was easier mm -hmm. Yeah. because people need a car. They Everyone have to have does. a car. Yeah. Everyone. And RVs. So your clientele is everybody. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so much much bigger pool. <laughs> but the hours were brutal. So, you know, five, four or five years of uh, doing six days a week, up to 12 hours a day takes its toll on you yeah in the auto sales yeah 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 you yeah. know the money was good i yeah. just i didn't have a life and i had kind of got out of the oil field so i could build more of a life for myself but i right. was working more doing that than yeah. i was being a mud engineer yeah you know because that second go around i was on a 14 and 14 schedule mm -hmm. so i had two weeks off mm -hmm. yeah that was nice yeah 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 and then i went into working six days a week 12 hours a day yeah yeah, very different there. So um, how long did you do the car sales for? Five years, I believe. Five years? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, you rose to the top there too, right? Yeah, yeah. Cream rises to the top by so, itself. So you were uh, you were the top salesman? You sold more cars than everybody else? Yeah, so I was. So, so my last year in it, I was the top salesman at the top dealership in the Acadiana area. So okay. Sold more cars than anybody at that, at that group. Yeah, interesting. And it was a group awesome. of 17 dealerships. Yeah, wow. 
Wow, that's incredible, yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. That's no that's no joke. Yeah. Uh, those numbers uh, speak for themselves, you know. Absolutely. So um so how did you get into uh, construction and specifically roofing? Yeah. And uh, yeah, let's talk talk about that. You know, what what was that like? And when were you approached, uh, or when did you have the idea? And you thought, okay, maybe I'll try this out. You know, okay. what was that like? So I was originally approached probably uh, three years into my my stint as a car. Yeah. As a car salesman, I guess it was 2019. Yeah. Same guy that got me into RV sales, Nick Seymour. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. he had transitioned and into roofing yeah and he started a company so i guess it was 2019 you know they had a major hurricane roll through yeah he would you know he told me about it told me about the money you know told me how we could help people yeah because that's what's really important to me is helping people you know offering them solutions to their problems and truly helping that's what separates decent salesmen from a great salesman Mm -hmm. is uh the intention yeah yeah I have intention to help you and not be deceiving at all. Yeah. You know, even in the car business, that was kind of rare, but that's what helped me rise to the top. People knew that I would be straight with them yeah. and actually wanting to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether you're communicating that directly to them with your words I just or feel. not, yeah, they can feel that. Absolutely. You know, yeah. energy is, is huge. You know, mm-hmm. being able to pick up on people's energy and their intentions without even speaking a word to them. Yeah. Yep. People, they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what really drew me to roofing was being able to help people yeah you know you're helping people protect their family in their largest asset their house yeah that's what really drew me into it you know yeah so i had passed on that original offer because you were doing good i was doing so well yeah you had a good living going why change well then fast forward to uh 2021 or 2022 i don't know y'all got a <laughs> Give me some grace on the dates. You know? uh, you, I couldn't tell you anything about my my <laughs> but life. I've been probably. in roofing close to a year now. Gotcha, okay. gotcha. Yeah. And in that time period, I realized that I should have been doing this for a long time. <laughs> but because you, you know, is it partly because of the money? Partly because That's you small, feel like you're really helping someone differently. I feel like I'm really helping somebody differently. Because let's face like, it, when you're buying a car, especially used cars. I mean, you know that they're a piece of crap. Yeah. There's Some, a car with 150,000 miles, but that's all that this person's credit dictates that they could get. Yeah. Selling them a car like that and it's broken two weeks, you know, it kind of takes its toll on your soul, mm-hmm. you know? A hundred percent, dude. I don't Five or six years of that, I didn't like it anymore. I yeah. felt like a sleazeball. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And it just took its toll on me. So the right opportunity came and I jumped on it. Yeah. And it's the best career decision that I've ever made. Yeah. The yeah. ability to actually help people is yeah. huge to me. Very yeah. rewarding. The money's secondary. Yeah. So if you define your purpose and my purpose is to help others, yeah. the money will come. And you know what? It's like people think about roofing as just like a piece of construction, you know, or like they think about the people on your roof, right? Yeah. But just for anybody out there, roofing there's much more work that is going on with roofing than just putting a roof on your house, especially when it comes to insurance and uh, absolutely and dealing with adjusters. And actually, you really have to have somebody that, number one, understands that process in and out. And two, is willing to fight for you day after day after day with these insurance companies to make sure everything is documented the right way, make sure everything goes the right way. And ultimately, you get what you're owed under your insurance policy, because a lot of the time insurance companies uh, are, 
I said a lot of the times. I said, I mean, uh, all of the time. Every time. (laughs) Insurance companies are not going to want to pay for a new roof or or many other things on your house. So so you really need a partner in that. So it's not just about the construction. The construction, in my opinion, which I've been in the game for a while and I know construction – is uh is actually the smallest part yeah, of, yeah, of what's going on. You look at how much time those different uh, aspects take in a yeah. negotiating an, an insurance deal. It might take a whole month or more. Sometimes oh. it takes a year, yeah, man. Exactly. I've got and then two the install years. Takes a couple days. Yeah. So. Oh, a day or two tops, yeah. and then yeah, so much work, so much communication, and I, I don't think I definitely don't think that customers or consumers uh. uh give an, give enough credit for that that piece because they don't really know what's going right. on you know it's it's our job to really educate them but mm-hmm. but um it's just really interesting and I, th- I the reason I say like is it because of that because I feel like you probably felt you know when you started doing it that uh those customers need your help more than the other people who need just a new car or something Absolutely. Like yeah yep. you need a car but but you know getting someone through that entire process is a completely different uh uh obstacle than it is just finding a car very rewarding you know what i mean then it's the insurance company to not pay yeah that's Mm -hmm. how they make their profits is not paying these claims it's our job the only company like that it's our job to ensure that they act in good faith and take care of these people that are paying these sky high premiums right Mm -hmm. you know you have people uh where their premiums have almost doubled within a year. Oh yeah, they have legit sure. storm damage, and they're just straight denied. Yeah, That's yeah. our job to take the gloves off and fight with those insurance companies yeah. and ensure they act in good faith for their customer and yeah. make sure everybody is accountable in that situation because it is not an easy scenario. Not it easy is at all. Very, very, very complicated. And contractors a lot of the time have uh, their hands tied behind their backs. And insurance companies can kind of run rough shop and they can kind of do whatever they want. And then you're just like out there. And if you if you make take one step out of in the wrong direction, you can get in trouble. So it's it's a very challenging job. So what I'm saying is those those customers uh, need our help uh, more than many other people, even if they don't know that. And I mean, it's their largest asset in most cases is your their home. house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, car. You know, you'll probably have you it know twenty be, cars in a lifetime. You're only going to have yeah. one or two houses. Yeah. That's right. And those cars, they may start out as a big asset, but they're depreciating. Depreciating. So your hardcore. home is appreciating. Then That's with right. the new roof, you're actually adding value to the For homes. Sure. Yeah. And if you get that covered by the insurance company, if it if it was rightly covered, you know, um, you don't have to pay as much for it. Right. You've already paid because you paid your premiums. So, So, you know, typical situation, the homeowners just responsible for their deductible. Yep. Yep. That's Mm -hmm. that's right. So you'll get a forty thousand dollar roof for just your deductible yeah, price thousand right. to thousand if yeah thousand, thousand is to normal. five thousand yeah. you know depending yeah, on hurricane situation yeah but anyway roofing plug let's yeah, get so back to you jp let's back the, get uh, you vulnerable you know yeah you mentioned you, you enjoy roofing because you feel like you're genuinely helping people yeah outside of roofing you do a lot of other stuff for your community absolutely man. what kind of things you're doing very near and dear to my heart is local charities you know i'm involved with uh Good Fight Foundation often with Mr. Tim Metcalf and Dustin Poirier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the day before Thanksgiving, we're actually giving away full Thanksgiving meals to those yeah. in need. First yeah, come, cool. first serve at Prejean's on the 22nd. Well, this is going to come out after that. but <laughs> We'll put out a clip for it. Yeah. yeah, we can put out some clips. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So November 22nd, 
That's the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. We're giving out full Thanksgiving meals to those in need. First come, first serve, 7 a.m., Prejean's and Karen Crow. Awesome, Awesome, man. man. Yeah, that's cool. But every chance that I get, I'm giving back to my community. I'm involved with seven different uh, charities and organizations. Then we also have a bin store called Drop Dead Deals. Mm -hmm. And it's a drop-off point for the Acadiana Humane Society. And then we also work with... uh, Catholic charities of Acadiana through the food banks. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great, man. So is that like a that's that's something you're doing year round? Year you know, round, every, year round. Yeah. So so we're a constant drop off point. And then for Christmas, we're going to be sponsoring several families. Yeah. So y'all come on in, Where's, buy some things, and then you know donate some things as well because we're going to match every donation. Awesome. So if you come in and buy some things and you donate a toy, we're donating one on top of that. And where yeah. is that store at? It is on Johnson Street, right in front of Ollie's, next to Guitar Center. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Drop awesome. dead deals. Gotcha. So gotcha. we're like a thrifting treasure hunt experience. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's fun, too, for the customers no, that look through all that stuff. No, it's fun for me, too. It's fun for everybody involved. And, and then that's my girlfriend, Leah Miller's baby. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm just like the janitor. You know, I just help <laughs> when I can. Nice, nice. Um, but we'll be opening Black Friday, so, we, you know, come on out and shop. Yeah. And let's help some of these less fortunate families get the Christmas that their children deserve. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know, awesome. it's very important to take care of kids because it's not their fault, the situation that they're in. Yeah. 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 And it's very important for us to let these children know that they are loved and cared for and that people are going to help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a community there that's, yeah. that's there for them. Um, yeah, and so we're in Lafayette. If if you know anybody's yeah. wondering, this is the community we're talking Lafayette, about. Lafayette, Louisiana, Louisiana, the Acadiana mm-hmm. area. It's very special. I've been throughout the country, and the community here is just second to none. Yeah. JP, uh, have you ever wondered whether or not, or have you ever wondered where your life could be? Uh, uh, I think about it every day. Yeah. Every day. Every uh, day I go through different scenarios. You know, if I zigged where I should have zagged, where would I be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going, where do those lead you? You know, what is that thought process? Going like? back to my college days when I said I had a full ride scholarship to Stanford, you know, that pops that pops through my mind all the time, too. <laughs> so, so what if I took that path? Yeah. What if I didn't? Wait, you did have that? Yeah. I had oh, a full wow. ride scholarship to Stanford academic. Academic? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> passed so, on it. Passed yeah. on it for a girl. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm grateful for that, too. Yeah. You know, that forged me into the man that I am today. I'm sure that showed you what you can do if you apply yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I always think back to that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, daily I kind of try to prevent myself from going through that dark rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, where could I have been? Where, but I just try to put a positive spin on it. Yeah, well, the reason I ask you that is not to, uh, to bring negativity to it, but to, but to really identify, you know, those, those choices that you made that – that were the impetus for you becoming the person that you became, you know, because all of those junction points, you know, you go through life and you're, you're going down a path and you have choices that lead you different ways. Right. And your choices have led you to where you are right now, sitting on that couch. Yeah. And the same thing for me and Garrett here, you know what I mean? Uh, 
so they're all choices and they're all all of those choices are dictated by your state of mind your 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 mental capacity and what you're going through at that time so it's just interesting to me because a guy like you i'm sure you've thought about many things and and you know what if you didn't go uh uh have that pure willpower and understand the gravity of the situation that you were in in jail you know and uh and you didn't take responsibility for uh for who you were and what you did um you could very well be living a completely different life or not be here, you know? That's exactly right. So if I would have stayed on the same path that I was on, I wouldn't be here right now, guys. Let's face it, with all yeah. the fentanyl and things yeah. like that, I would have been right there with, you, you know, these OD statistics, you know? Yeah, but I, yeah. I refuse to let that happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Refuse to let it happen. And then something that's helped me is that the, the divine creator will never put a thought in our mind that we are unable to achieve. Yeah. So yeah. if we could think it, we could achieve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just knew deep within my soul that I was destined for great things. I uh, asked you before when I first met you um, whether or not you were a faithful guy. Yeah. I remember I asked you that. And it's that's the most important question for me when I ask people because uh, I perceive myself and I, I believe uh, very strongly um, in God. Um, and... Uh, and I'm wondering, because you talk about the higher power, talk about yeah. what that means to you and where you are, because I look at this and I say, you have been touched by God. There's no doubt about yeah. it in my mind. I mean, you you had every reason not to go down the path that you have been down, and you had every reason to fail, you know? And uh, and I look at that. Anybody who come overcomes that and comes out like you have came out, um, it, I refuse to believe anything yeah. but that. So, so look, let's go back 37 years ago. Okay. I was born dead. So yeah. my mother had a placenta abruption. I bled to death inside of her. I was dead, dead for several minutes. Okay, we know, missed that on the intro. <laughs> we <laughs> kind of skipped <laughs> over that. I guess we're all right going back. I to haven't birth. really told this much either. But let's go, man. You know, so emergency C-section got me out, had no blood in my body, blood yeah. transfusion came back to life. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, miracle, I, miracle baby and a miracle life. Then when I was eight years old, I got into a severe car accident. Yeah. Compound fractured my femur, broke two vertebrae in my neck. Thought I was going to be paralyzed. Yeah. Could have died. You know, I almost think that I did cross over cause I saw my guardian angel. Yeah. His name was Rocky. <laughs> blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. He looked like a pretty Hulk Hogan. And Wait I, a second. You I'm were eight, you were eight years old. Eight years old, got into Okay, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to stop on this. Uh, uh, where were you when this happened? Were you in the hospital? I was I was on Fortune and Verrot School Road. Yeah, no, no. Where were you when this... When I saw the garden angel? Yes. And I was in the car. Oh. As the accident happened. I was okay. in an altered state of mind. Yeah. And somebody, once it, like immediately once it happened, kind of... Uh, it's all a blur, that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still in the car and I was paralyzed. But you paralyzed. were eight years old. Yeah, okay. eight years old. So I was stuck. I remember waking up and I couldn't move, couldn't yeah. move my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. couldn't do anything. And this beautiful being just appeared to me. Yeah. And he said, everything's all right. You got a little cut on your leg. Just a mass feeling of calmness and love. Wow. He said his name was Rocky. He had blonde hair, blue eyes, a blonde Fu Manchu mustache. Yeah. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I think about it all the time. So I just know that I'm destined for great things. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to give I think we back. all are. You know? We all are. We just have to harness the power within ourselves. 
Did you tell any? It'd be great. Yeah. Did you tell anybody about this when you were a kid? I've told a few people about it. So I was so adamant about Rocky that my parents hired a private investigator to find this man. Really? Wow. That is incredible. You know, (laughs) that is incredible. It was just as real as y'all are right now to me. Yeah. And it still is to this day. Still is. Still is. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, given that, you know. Talk to us about your spirituality okay. a little bit. So I, I'm very, very spiritual and in touch with our higher power. I'm just not, I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there definitely is somebody greater than us. This is not by mistake. We are all put here to do great things in life. And we were created in our creator's, his image. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I, JP, most of my life, I've kind of been in the same place as you are. Yeah. Not super spiritual, but believing that there is a higher power and just not committing to a certain right. know, religion, more or less. Uh, but lately, I've been going to church more and yeah. I'm you know, trying to figure out yeah. where do I stand? You know, am I a Christian or am I just somebody who believes in a higher power? You know, and I'm kind of weary to even talk about this a lot in fear of the judgment passed on to me. Yeah. I mean, you know? I've, I've been vulnerable about it. So you know how it, a it lot. is. Yeah, so it, it's a... I, I grew up Catholic. Me too. You know, confirmed. I did the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd be married in the Catholic church. Yeah. You know, then you see all the stuff going on with Catholicism, and it kind of draws you away from it, you know? You know, somebody... I uh, talked to somebody recently about that, because I grew up Catholic, and I am Catholic as well. Yeah. We're confirmed Catholics. We are Catholic. Yes. So, um, uh, all these different things happen in life, you know? Everybody... Uh, Everybody wants to look at Catholicism and judge the entire thing by uh, a few people that do these bad things. Yes. So we're human beings, right? We are. We have evil coming at us at, at every turn of, of our entire lives, you know? Um, and we are imperfect beings, you know? And I was reminded about uh, Judas, Judas Iscariot, you know, we all know the story of Judas, you know, Mm -hmm. he's the one that turned his back on Jesus and turned him into the Romans right before he was crucified. Mm. Okay. For a bag of silver. Judas knew Jesus Christ. (laughs) We don't know. I mean, we know Jesus from our relationship with him. Okay. But Judas was there physically with Jesus and he still turned his back on Jesus and turned him in to be killed. He was an apostle. He yeah. was a disciple, you know, and he couldn't thwart the temptation of the devil and overcome his humanity to save Jesus or do right by Jesus, his homeboy. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. OK. If he can't do it, there's no hope for any of us. There's no hope for any of us to to be able to withstand the devil all the time and be perfect human beings like Jesus. We're all sinners and we all do bad things and nobody on earth is exempt from that. But I was reminded of that and it changed my perspective on the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church, you that's the that's what everybody wants to hone in on. Everybody wants to say, look at those priests who did those bad things. How could Catholicism be good? But at the same stretch, you could say Judas was a follower of Jesus in person when Jesus walked this earth and still turned his back on him and turned him in to be killed. 
you know, how can Christianity or any of these stories or any higher power for that matter, not even Jesus, if you don't believe in it, how could any of that be real? It's judging the entire thing. And I bring that up because I've had those feelings too. And and I would say most people have that feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody tends to look at that. Everybody tends to look at uh, politics the same way or, or big companies the same way. The CEO does something bad. That entire company's bad. Never mind the 5,000 employees. But I'm also basing this on, on a lot of personal experiences within the Catholic church and people that claim to be Catholics, you know, I'm not. Yeah, for sure. I'm saying I'm not throwing shade on, on, on Catholicism in general, I'm just stating my personal experiences yeah. from it. Some of the worst people that I've ever known, you know, hang on to that title. For sure, for sure. And they're right there with Judas. Yep. <laughs> and I'm not saying I don't believe in Jesus. I, You know, he was here. He was a great prophet. I yeah. just don't know for myself if he yeah. is God reincarnated. Yeah. yeah. You know, how about, because we've had several great prophets, Muhammad, Buddha. Yeah. Throughout yeah. history, throughout ancient history, there have been gods. It's confusing. It is it? very confusing. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm just in that point of my life where I'm trying to get clarity and yeah. find the path that I'm supposed to be on. Well, that's, that's what e- you should do. Exactly but, what I'm uh, doing right now, JP. I think we should all meet together outside of just this podcast and talk about that a little bit more yeah. because it's an important aspect of my life. And I want to, uh, you know, I want to figure out what is right for me and what, what do I believe, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I just have a hard time subscribing to the fact that if you don't believe Jesus is your Lord and savior, you're going to hell. Yeah. Cause I, I, I do right by people. I treat people as I would myself. I live by the golden rule. Yeah. And you're telling me that if I don't subscribe to that, then I'm going to a place called hell. I just can't buy into it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause understandable. I, 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 I think that, our actions and how we treat other human beings dictates where we go for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, if Jesus and, and God is as forgiving and, you know, great as they say, then to judge a person's life based off of if they say they believe or not in them, it's just, it's unreasonable to me. <laughs> It is. But, I mean, like, to yeah, say but, that you're yeah, a, but a you're not person, God. <laughs> I understand that. You believe there's another higher power, right? Sure, absolutely. You believe that you're not him, right? I believe that he is within me. Okay, but you, there is a separation. I am, I am not the creator, no. Rocky wasn't you, was he? You know? I don't know. Was I, he I a know. figment of my imagination that projected? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. We don't know. But the reasonableness thing is uh, the idea of a higher power is that that higher power is something outside of us, you know, that created us, that created Mm -hmm. the world. Yeah. And you have to submit to the fact, the fact, if you believe that, that, um, that you're not them. And if they created the world, they make the rules, not you. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So believing in it, if he says you got to believe in him, that's just the rules, buddy. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. Okay. Uh, and, and it's hard to grasp because we were made in the image of God. So you know, that's what saying, the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. So, so beyond 2000 years ago, everybody else on earth had it wrong. I, I don't know. Yeah. I no, know. I, I'm, I'm just yeah, throwing out yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what goes through my mind. Yeah. You know, all these ancient gods well, and the, ancient well, religions. The, what was that? Well, without getting into everything that I'm not even qualified to do, um, uh, 
before Jesus walked on earth, you know, heaven wasn't accessible to any human being. That's, right. that's the deal. When Jesus came down, um, him dying on the cross and sacrificing himself opened up the gates of heaven for all of the right. souls. Abraham's yeah. bosom. Yeah, so uh, that that kind of uh, explains a little bit of that. We don't I'm, have to get. We don't have to go to. We don't have to make this about. This. I don't mind talking about this at yeah, all. It's, it's very. Just it's, don't judge me. Is all I'm I, I don't. Ju- I don't judge you. I don't judge anybody for this stuff. I'm you very know? weary to even talk about. It's yeah, okay. Things I'm glad, like this. I'm glad we're talking about me it too. because it's, been this been is as vulnerable as I've ever gotten, especially yeah. on camera. I've never. <laughs> I've never talked about this uh, all the way on camera like this. But I also feel that we are in control of our own destiny. It doesn't matter who you believe in or who you worship. If, if you don't control your life and control your thoughts, yeah, you will not find the happiness and bliss that you yearn for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Regardless of who you worship. Yeah. Now, Bo, uh, you know, JP is saying that we have free will, basically. Yes, we do. Yes, so, we do. <clears throat> you know, over the uh, things that we can control, certainly. Yeah. So would you say that, uh, and I think I've read this in mere Christianity, maybe. Would you say that we have, like, based off of what you know about your religion, mm-hmm. um, which is not the best for everyone listening, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the guy. Would you say that uh, God and Jesus gave us the tools to, uh, or the capacity to, you know, have free? That's not what I'm trying to say. Yeah. The tools to be able to think for ourselves and to provide that good life for ourselves because He wants that for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that he, I think that Jesus and God want what's best for us, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, him as a father gives us the ability to control that free will uh, within ourselves. We, we can clearly, you know, at least act in uh, a way uh, uh, that we want to. We have that free will, but that doesn't change his perspective of what he wants. He wants us to understand his story and uh and yearn for him and have a relationship with him and worship him and he wants what's best for us but what he tells us in the bible ultimately is what's best for you is to you know do this you know or live this way you know do unto others the same thing that you're talking about you know that's my philosophy he he said that that's the way to live so he gives us the guidelines but gives us the free will to mess up ourselves you know so if you believe in Christianity or if you're, you know, if you're a Catholic. You're a Christian if you're Catholic. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. true Catholic. Um, is your destiny already outlined or does he leave that up to you? That's a good question. I think about that all the time as well. Question. So um, I, I'm not qualified to answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what I believe is that God has a will and he has a want for what he wants out of us Mm -hmm. whether or not he knows everything he knows the story of our life before uh uh, we we live it probably because you know we don't even understand time okay yeah for somebody who created the world and thus created time i think that it would be reasonable to understand that that entity whatever it might be understands time in a different way and sees everything Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that uh it doesn't necessarily mean that he wrote that yeah, I, I don't know. That's a hard question. And I, I don't know, yeah. to be honest with you. But um, I know that he wants us to be a certain way. He wants us to live a certain way. And, uh, and it's on us as to whether we do it or not. Okay, I got you. You know, then something else that I struggle with is all the suffering that's going on in the world to yeah. innocent people. That's right. 
you know, that's a conundrum that I've dealt with ever since I was a child. Yeah. You know, how can this loving, all seeing God allow this to happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure y'all have thought about that as well. It's only human nature. Yes. Of course. I think that comes back to the, to the free will thing. Right. Humanity is not God. Humanity is not good. Yeah. They're sinners. Yeah. Evil by nature. That's right. But capable of great things. Absolutely. You see, it's both. It's everything all at once. Duality. Yeah. What it's like, what you have right now with, with your life, JP, you went through the hardest times to get through where you're at now, which is, you know, I imagine much, much better. Oh, absolutely. Um, I love my life. Unless you have that contrast, I think, um, and keep in mind, I'm not a hundred percent committed to, you know, Christianity. This is just my thinking. Uh, if you don't have those terrible things that are going on in the world, you don't have that contrast, then it's just, it's all just baseline nothing, basically. You don't yeah. feel anything. So there's no gauge to feel whether, or gauge to know what's good and bad and what you should be doing versus what you shouldn't be doing. There's no feelings about it at all. It's just, that's what it is. And that's no way to live. There's, it, you can't just live with no feelings all the time. Yeah. So yeah. that's my perspective on it. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, let's close the book, <laughs> shall we say, on, on that portion. Yeah. But it, it's really good to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, uh, this this podcast, I, t- I say this all the time. It's it's not necessarily uh, about this, but it gets brought up in every single one. <laughs> yeah, and I love to hear other people's yep. points of views on things. Uh-huh. You know, that's what life is all about, mm-hmm. yep. sharing things with other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's it's good having you. I don't know if we, you, you want to say anything. Is there any other topic we need to touch on? I mean, obviously, uh-huh. JP, we're ending the story okay. basically as to where he is, and and he's uh, uh, selling roofs and helping people at every turn, doing the best he can there, and uh, and and what I'm what I've started to do uh, on these last podcasts. I don't know why I feel called to uh, end the podcast this way, or uh, you know, maybe it's an alternative ending. I want to ask JP uh, to. Um, imagine that there's someone else out there who is dealing with the toughest part of their life um and this person could be going through something that you went through they could be going through addiction they could be going through those hardest points in their life and they don't have the tools they don't have the tools to get over it themselves and they're at one of those junction points where they could go this way or that way and i want you to kind of look into the camera or whatever you're comfortable with uh and and give them as much advice as you can to get through that hard scenario you know i just want y'all to know that excuse me so no matter what you're going through in your life there's hope don't let others judge you don't let them bring you down one foot in front of the other continue to do the right things if you need help just reach out there's a lot of people in our community and throughout the country and rural that are here to help the tools are there the programs are there reach out um the windshield is larger than the rearview mirror for a reason don't look back and dwell on your life continue to look forward make huge goals for yourself that may even feel unattainable but as i said the creator will never put a thought in your mind that you are unable to achieve help others every chance that you get live by the golden rule be grateful for what you have. Don't dwell on what you don't have. If you're battling drug addiction, there's several opportunities for you to get help. Don't wait. You're not promised tomorrow. 
I love you, and there's a lot of people that love you and will support you. Keep one foot in front of the other. Keep moving forward. I appreciate y'all for having me. Yeah, thanks for ha- thanks awesome. for coming, JP. It we'll was awesome the, having uh, you, man. We'll put some contact in our uh, podcast this time, so you can have our email and everything. If you need to reach out, yeah. just let us know. Yeah, 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 guys. And then locally, you can reach out to me personally if there's things in your life that you need help with. If you're tired of carrying that drug addiction on your back, reach out to me, and I could point you in the right direction. I've been there. Yeah. It's not a life sentence, y'all. I mean, look at me. I'm living proof. Yeah. I came from nothing to where I am now. Of course, I s- still want to get better and continue to grow, but it's night and day contrast to where I was just six or seven years ago. There's hope for you. Yeah. If I could do it, anybody could do it. Yeah. That's right, man. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming, man. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Very awesome cool episode. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be the last. Maybe you'll come back on again. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely. But definitely. great to see you, man. Thanks. Thank you all. Thanks. Thanks, JP. Much love. Life is one big head game and once you learn to play the motherfucking head game it's no longer a game anymore at all you start living your life